Hello, everyone. Welcome to the patch. Whoa! This week brought Almost to you by tagged a drink. Crunchyroll and Movement. It's been a long time since he's done that. No, he did it last week. It's, uh, it's, back. it's back. Yeah, it's back. Oh, we, flip, flip we, we reestablished the ground rules. Uh, uh, rolls. Ground rules of it has to be within my line of sight. I was wondering why he was hanging around the set. I thought maybe he was just talking to Meg, but we, we, no. now, know, we now know his true motives. Um, so welcome to the patch. I'm still a little sick this week, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try not to. You cough sounded better though. Mic. Yeah, last week uh, I was that supposed to be on it. Grumpier though, right? And I just yeah, I just passed out. I was so sick. <laughs> now I'm a different sick, but I'm still sick. So I've been sick. I look forward to next week when we're all Gus sick. Yeah, just <laughs> 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 sitting there being like, I hate everything. <laughs> so I feel bad because last week I really wanted to talk about PSX because I went to PSX while I was out there, and now oh, it's like okay, old news. But I'm still going to talk about it anyway. So hey, you get to listen to old. Well, yeah, you fun. got the boots on the ground kind of view. Mm-hmm. So it was a really How cool event. Um, it's really neat to go to an event like that because it's not necessarily like huge blockbuster announcements, but it's announcements I feel like would get lost otherwise. Like a mm-hmm. lot of cool smaller games or you know smaller exclusive titles and. It was really neat to see. I got to try the PlayStation uh, VR headset on. Morpheus, okay. Uh, yeah. It's no, no, re- no. It's PlayStation VR. It's PlayStation, oh, sorry, get PlayStation it right. VR. It's um, renamed now. It's, and, uh, it's like gone Project Natal. Yeah. Uh, which I feel bad because I feel like Morpheus is a way cooler name than PlayStation yeah. VR. Yeah, but more, it, PlayStation VR is a lot more clear as to what you're Says getting. what it does. Yeah. And uh, so I got to try it on. I got to play a game, and it was actually really comfortable. Like up until now, I've always said that I don't like the way the Oculus fits with my glasses. I thought the Vive did a good job with the glasses. PlayStation VR was amazing. Like you can mm-hmm. adjust how far away the screen is from your face. So it's like really? you set it to max distance, like kind of put it on, and then like bring it until it's close enough with the glasses. And it was like this yeah. is perfect. It works off a very different principle than the others. It doesn't strap on this way so much as it has kind of a ring. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it has a ring that goes around your head and then ha- has kind of a floating right. visual unit in front yeah. of it. Well, Sony's got more experience than really anyone else in creating those personal, I mean, personalized headsets, basically. Even before VR was a thing, they had their, uh, what was it? They're, they've had a line of these personal TVs for a oh, while yeah. now. And, it, and, they're, and it's based on the same sort of Form, if you look at it, in fact, a lot of the early promo images that were used when people were talking about Morpheus as it was newly announced, the promo images people were using were of this other headset. Oh, Didn't that come right. with a lot of very stringent admonitions that if you were to use it for like longer than an hour, you'd go blind. Or... Yeah, they fixed that. No, it's good. We're yeah. good now. Yeah, the, okay. the, the HMZ series. So there's like an <coughs> HMZ T2 and T3. Um, I don't know if you can see like here the uh, like well. Come on, Lou. Looks good. Okay, Maybe. it looks great. Um, I'll send this. Um, I'll send this through the control room. Who should I send it to? Peyton. 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 All right, I'll send it to Peyton. Um, where this, like this is what people used to promote it because mm-hmm. they've been doing it for mm-hmm. years and years now. So if anyone's going to make a nice, comfortable, well-crafted, pretty-looking headset, Sony's going to do it. The, the and they're the, and you know they're also maybe uh, more experienced cons- just general consumer electronics company yeah you know uh, and I think that that speaks a lot even though this is a new form factor potentially for them um, just having that experience and having a team that understands how to interact with the with a human is uh, is really valuable. What do they have it, running it is on true. it? So that was that okay. That was the, the kind of downside. Um, okay. <laughs> oh okay. Well, man, it fit great, but it was just garbage when you actually no, no, got it. It was into a great it. game that I played, but so. 
they they had an app for the event, um, and it was like a modified version of guidebook. And when you launched it, you could select a reservation for a time you could go see the VR unit. But by the time I I was flying in, I was overseas. By the time I downloaded and checked it out, all the re- reservations were full. So what I did was uh, when I sensed that the keynote was ending, like about 10 minutes before the end of the keynote. It's like a spidey sense. I left. Because <laughs> I, I figured like based on time. I was like, they're probably going to wrap up now. So about 10 minutes before the end of the keynote, I left. And I went outside to in front of the exhibit hall. And I just stood there because I had the map on the app. I knew where they were, where VR was. And I stood there. And as soon as the doors opened, I just walked straight to the back of the hall to the VR line and got in line. Okay. Uh, like did the, you, the no reservation did line. Did you walk? Or let's be honest. Did you run a I walked. Bit? And I got to no say. Hustle? Nobody was running. Everyone was Ooh. really well behaved. The doors really? opened. Everyone walked calmly to go see stuff. I was. I thought about making a video because I was like, I've never seen this at an event where what the doors open. What kind of consumer opened. convention oh, was on. this? And everyone walked. That's when you got to be the guy. You elbow somebody in the throat and go straight for a booth. That's, someone's got to be the first well, runner. Yeah. Well, I knew that PlayStation VR was at the back of the hall, so I figured everyone else was going to get distracted on the way, and they <laughs> did. So I was like the sixth in line to see PlayStation VR. Like a zombie Man, order. It was like based on that story, I'm a little bit disappointed. You. It was. Within your grasp, you could have turned the entire convention into a shit show. No, no. Sh- you, all you had to do is be the first runner, and everyone, everyone would have run. gone crazy. Yeah. Then they become the fast zombies. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's like but, being the first person on the on the dance floor. <laughs> so since I didn't have a reservation, like I was in like this general queue, mm-hmm. and that was kind of annoying. it's like Disney when you go and like the lines like super long and snaking, and so I had to go through all that shit. But there was nobody, so I just had to like kind of walk quickly through it. I uh, got up to the front of the line, and when I got there, like. There were a few people in front of me, so like all the stations were full. So like, wait here. As soon as one opens up, we'll let you go. We'll let you in. And I was like, well, you know, what game are you demoing? I'm like, well, whatever one opens up first, we just send the next person in line to. Uh-huh. So they had a bank of games. So that was the downside. So it wasn't was, a choice. I didn't get to pick what game I got to play. I got to play uh, World War Tunes, which is a like a World War Two kind of cartoony shooter game. What? Is it I would never have guessed or? that from the name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was. Uh, it was. It was actually really fun. Uh, they had some interesting mechanics I'd not seen before, but it was really. Weird because I, you know, you have the the VR headset on and you're playing with the controller. So left stick moves you around, but right stick does nothing. Oh, because you have because you look turn right, your right. head is all this. But what happens like if you turn like this? You how do you straighten your head back out without turning again? I mean, is it on rails? Like I don't understand. Not really. I never had that problem. Really? Well, what if yeah. you wanted to go backwards? Um. Usually, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. I, I did that. It must not have been like a one-to-one turn because I was That's able to. Turn, I was able to turn around. Okay. So I mean, it didn't. It's not like a, you start a drift. It's not like you were controlling the thumbstick with the headset. No. Where if you look left, you just start panning left. If I looked left, no, I was like in game. It was one to one. You looked left, and that was what you looked at. Right. I don't think it was necessarily one to one because I was able to turn around, and I didn't have to like do a one eighty. Interesting. Gotcha. I guess the way I see it, um, <coughs> I always picture it. <coughs> With those kind of controls, is that you do the controls as normal, but the um, the right thumbstick would control your body, and mm-hmm. you control your head independent of your body. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, so like your there body would turn this like way, that. but then you can turn this way, and it turns you yeah. more. But your base orientation has changed. Right, and, and and every time that you die in the game, they have to recenter your head. So in order to uh-huh. respawn, there's like a block that appears in front of you, and you have to like. Look, move it with your head and look in the middle of the frame. That way your head gets recentered. So when you spawn, you're back at a neutral position. All right. I have questions. Okay. Uh, one, was it just a straight pivot? Like when you did this, you look around or could you actually move your body at all? Pivot. So you couldn't it, like turn your head or no, shift. Was, okay. This particular title, there was no lean. Okay. I don't know if other titles have that or not. Well, that's or, one of the things I've been kind of curious about with Morpheus because unlike, well, at least I'm not sure about with Morpheus because uh, Oculus and... Vive both have 
you know, an exterior camera that's tracking your movement so that you can do more complex tracking. So I don't know if that exists on Morpheus. I mean, I could see it being integrated with um, mm-hmm. former move technology. I'm sure, yeah. The, if it's going to happen, it's probably going to be based off the camera. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, even the, the DualShock controllers on the PS4 detect that, like in um, the horror game. Uh, Until Dawn? Until Dawn. I mean, you like sometimes you couldn't <laughs> you move. You know, the horror game. That's it. It's the one on everybody's minds, right? Uh, it was the same kind of thing where it's like you don't move, and it has yeah. that kind of... Uh, Accelerometer. Yeah, accelerometers. Mm-hmm. There you go. I took some medicine, some cold medicine before the show, so I'm a little out of it. Um, so <laughs> it had accelerometers, so I imagine they would put that in the PlayStation VR headset as well. I'm still, I'm, I'm still kind of confused here. So if you were, wanted to look behind you, you turned your head like halfway? Yeah, maybe it was like a two-to-one or something, because I, don't, I, don't, I never turned more than like 90 degrees. Now, was it like you – know, was it a multiplayer shooter or what was – Yes. Okay. So let's say you were walking this way and wanted to walk this way. Kind of like what Ashley asked. Did you look left and then just have to stay looking left? Um, I believe so. But like yeah. since it was kind of a smaller map, I kept having to look around. Like uh-huh. I mean, it might play into their map design where there's no long straight line. Uh-huh. It's like you, you're constantly having maze. to like, okay. like turn around and look and move around. Okay. So I, I, I imagine – they, the level is probably designed so that you don't think about it because I didn't think about it until right now. Okay. It is interesting how that might impact the way levels are designed, mm-hmm. especially if you, someone wants to create a VR game that is available on all the different platforms, considering their different limitations. That could be really tough. Uh, yeah. I mean, if again, at this point, I think you can with the, just recently Palmer Lucky actually posted about doing a test with the Oculus and having – uh, the two of the little Oculus tracking devices on opposite sides of the room to see if you could do room scale with the way Oculus is set up to match sort of what Vive is doing. And he said it worked fine. Of course, that's from Palmer Lucky. He's not going to be like, nah, it didn't work at all, man. <laughs> Sucks. Uh, but uh, having played with even the D- DK2 in its range of view, which is probably a lot more limited than their final production uh, version, it was really good at I mean, you could actually stand up, and there was a game we even did for a Versus that was about bullet dodging, and that was and uh, you know, D- single-camera DK2, and we stood a few feet back and were able to completely move your bodies around in the space. So you look like you're dancing. You move your body? Move, move your, your body. body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm just curious how Morpheus will be able to mm-hmm. tie into that. They've already, I mean, they, they already have announced, basically, that there's going to be an external box that goes between the Morpheus and the console. Craig, they said it's going to be <coughs> slightly smaller than the size of a Wii. A Wii or a Wii uh, U? What I read was Wii. Wii, okay. Okay. <coughs> uh, yeah, and that's going to supposed to do the interpretation for, like, second screen stuff on the television and for, like, 2D output for mm-hmm. people. And it, I guess it separates, like, what's 3D, what's 2D, and helps, I guess, processing for the PS4. Interesting. So they're already planning ahead for uh, dual output, like couch and uh, right. VR. Right, which is going to be a really interesting segment. There's actually just recently there was a game that came up on for Steam Greenlight that was a Oculus hybrid game with uh, basically three players that are trying to get to the Oculus player. And I forget the name of it, unfortunately. <coughs> but so it's like asymmetrical multiplayer. Yes, uh, and essentially single machine though, because it was <clears throat> the three players are can see like an overhead map, uh, whereas the Oculus player just can see his field of view. So he's looking around, trying to catch them as they try to sneak up on him. That was like a there was a Pac Man game like that, <laughs> was there on the there GameCube? Was, the, wasn't um, there? Pac Man? I don't remember. I remember that sounds a lot like uh, it was one of the mini games I think that came with Wii U, part of Nintendo Land. It was mm. the Luigi's Mansion mini game where 
um, the ghosts had a different, like, had different view visibility or yeah. view than, yeah. Like, someone was using the gamepad and they could see things differently than the yeah. people on the TV. But this specifically, this sounds, I think there was a, a, a Pac-Man game for the GameCube where the ghost could see the overhead view and Pac-Man could only see his first person uh-huh. view and he was trying to it's, play Pac-Man. Well, it's a little bit too like what, um, is it Fable, Fable Legends is trying to do, right, where there's, like, the bad guy that's the one more or less creating the level and putting obstacles in place and then the good guy's trying to get through it mm-hmm. and get to the bad guy. So it's another implementation of that. I, honestly, it was one. this is kind of a direction that I hadn't really even thought about, but uh, there have already been several really good examples of, like uh, Black Hat Oculus, <clears throat> which is, uh, we did a, I think Jeff and I did a Play Pals in it, if you're interested in seeing that on the Let's Play channel. Um, but that's where one player is looking at a top-down, kind of very uh, 8-bit style map, and they can see all the traps and things like that, and the other player is uh, in what's essentially kind of like you know, rasterized matrix world where mm-hmm. it's just like a very linear maze, but they can't see anything. So you, the two of them have to work together. Keep talking, nobody explodes, which isn't a second right. screen, but it is sort of the same idea where it's just separate layers. Yeah. And then there's this Mario Party game. 10? Mario Party 10. How does that one work? Um, let me find out. I'm just looking for anything that seems like it might be Nintendo-y. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I was actually now I'm now that I've tried it out, I played it like and I, you know, I was the, mm-hmm. the biggest VR skeptic for the longest time. As I'm playing them and as I'm using them, as they're getting closer to being released and finalized, I'm liking them, which, uh, which mean, scares me. Of the, I mean, headsets right now, basically <coughs> Vive is the only one that's actually said I'm going to come out sort of here. Well, right? no, uh, well, PlayStation VR has a release window. It's the first half of 2016. I thought it was Q1. Yeah, it's early 2016. Yeah. It seems like they're all actually going to end up coming out at the same time. I mean, Vive is set a month, though. Come on. That's like April. That sounds so much you, better you, than Q1, You right? said they kind of set a date. Kind of set a Look, they said April. I mean, yeah, we set a quarter. April's a month. That's a, you know, at least we've got release windows for stuff, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Do we still have any idea when Oculus is coming? I think all they've said is 2016. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. but the, so the Gear VR came out, right? Out. And yeah, that's been that's, out for a while. And, and it's been sold out for a while. And that's an Oculus mm-hmm. branded item. It is an. Uh, it was co-developed, I think, between Samsung and Oculus. Uh, it only works with a very small subset of Samsung phones. Yeah. Uh, you can you can hack it to work with some other phones in the sense that they'll fit in there, but then the software is specific to Samsung. So, I could put my Droid in there or my uh, Droid Turbo in there, but. I would have to run Google Cardboard on it, which, and it would not get the benefit of any of the technology in right. the headset, mm-hmm. other than the lenses. Yeah. Um, here, let me read this, and mm-hmm. I want to keep talking about some more about PSX. Uh, let me cough first. <coughs> I want to remind everyone this episode of the patch is brought to you by Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll is a destination for the most authentic anime experience you can find outside Japan. They look for the largest, most diverse collection of anime series straight from the source. Each season, they bring in the best new anime from Japan to deliver the largest lineup of anime from classics to new favorites. Try out Crunchyroll Premium for 30 days free with Crunchyroll.com slash The Patch. It's right here, Crunchyroll.com slash The Patch. Uh, they have unlimited anime, manga, and drama titles. Newest episodes as soon as one hour after they air in Japan via simulcast. <coughs> Sorry. All episodes are professionally subtitled and ad-free in 1080p HD. You can enjoy Crunchyroll across all devices, Xbox, PlayStation, Wii U, Roku, Android, iOS, etc. This fall season's lineup includes shows such as The Perfect Insider, The Asterisk War, Comet Lucifer, and KaiQ2. A Crunchyroll Premium membership is usually $6.95 a month, but it's yours free if you go to crunchyroll.com slash the patch. Try out Crunchyroll Premium for 30 days for free with crunchyroll.com slash the patch. Big thank you to Crunchyroll for supporting the patch and for giving our viewers and listeners free anime. 
Good job. Um, well, who doesn't like free anime? Communists. I don't know. They I'm might. pretty sure even communists yeah. like it. <laughs> if they can get it through the paywall. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm dying. That's it. It's my last patch. You made it through the, the ad read, though. So. This is, this is going to be one of those like living art pieces where we just slowly watch you die. It's going to waste away. Uh, PSX. Mm. So, in a, so I talked about like they had that custom app. So mm-hmm. uh, one of the other things they did, which I thought was really interesting, was when, you, when I got there and I just went like, as a regular attendee. You know, I, I bought my badge. I showed up. And um, so it wasn't like a special media credential or anything. So I got there, I, you know, I went to pick up my badge and they print your name on it. They printed my name on it on demand. So it's like it comes out, goes through a printer. And I guess there was an RFID chip in it. So every booth you go to, they had like a little Sony phone set up and you could tap your badge to it to like check in there. Mm-hmm. And then there was a meta game within the app to unlock trophies and unlock basically rewards by going around and checking in different places and doing different things. Mm-hmm. So it's like I got a platinum trophy because I went to 20 booths, went to the keynote, uh, went to the PlayStation Network booth. And like there's like a, a checklist of stuff. Okay, it's it's like, hey, guys, <laughs> I platinumed PSX. <laughs> yeah. So I, I tweeted about it and then PlayStation started following me. Oh, that's so nice. Thanks, thanks at PlayStation. So what I'm hearing uh, from you is that RTX is going to have some really cool tech well, stuff this year. Okay. Oh. So <laughs> it, was, it was a really cool idea, but it didn't quite work all the time. It worked great. It got PlayStation to follow you. Uh, I mean, those things are always like, so, like they so, sound great. Yeah, sometimes you try and do it. the software on the phone would crash, so the phone wouldn't respond. Mm-hmm. Or like the phone would just be hung up and you'd be like, oh, or it's just like. I don't know if it's working, or you like you hold your badge there and it's just not reading. You're like, oh, okay, I'll come back later. And it sucks sometimes when you're like, I just waited in line. But you did it. Yeah, you did it anyway. I did it, I did it anyway. And, and I had a funny experience because at one point I was in line for the PlayStation Now check-in, and uh, some guy comes up to me. He's like, "What's this line for?" It's like, "Oh, it's for the check-in for this booth." He goes, "Okay." And he got line behind me. <laughs> and then you sold him on it. And then the I guess like uh, a younger kid, like his son or something, came by. He's like, "What are you doing, Dad?" He's like, "Oh, I'm in this line here." And the kid's like, "What is this line for?" And the, the dad's like, "I don't know. Everyone else is in line, so I thought I'd get in line too." <laughs> I love it. People will just like see a line and get in it. That is Austin in a nutshell. Yeah. It's like, ooh, a line. People must like people are in this line because something cool is at the end. Yeah. I want something cool too. Um, the the other downside to it was. Since they had so much volume of people checking in, the app wouldn't update right away. So, like, all of my first day check-ins didn't show up till the second day. On the second day, they started getting a little mm-hmm. faster with the updates, but you could tell there were some scaling issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it's, like, a really great technology, but uh, had some kinks, I think, that needed to be worked yeah. out. I think it's really cool. I would love to do something like that at RTX. I think it's, uh, it, w- it was a really fun way to gamify the event mm-hmm. and right. to, make sh- to incent people to go and look at all the different games, at all the different stuff that was going on. Because I-, I stopped and I looked at a ton of games that I might not have looked at. Otherwise, like I looked at a, a game called Firewatch, which I thought was really cool. Where Firewatch was really <laughs> awesome. It's a you, you're like a park ranger at Yellowstone, just like keeping an eye out, making sure that there's no fires. And it's like it's based on a historic fire that actually happened in the 80s. Wait, so that's it? You just yeah, but you're then, in a, you see smoke and you go to investigate. It's like oh, what's going on? You know. Oh, so there's actually a mystery. There is like, like yeah, you get out of your for a minute there. I thought you were just in your stand no. looking like for spotting, fires. Like, like I got one. A fire. Oh, there it is. There's a fire <coughs> over there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I've seen this preview. <laughs> yeah, it was actually really fun. Why are you chopping down trees in Yellowstone? Well, it's like in case you need to stop a fire. Are you rescuing turtles? Yeah, uh, you're making maybe he's making a fire break. Right. 
what Ryan said. He knows. And um, there was that's a, a thing, right? It sounds I like think it. so. I you think people, firewall. people like chop down trees and like dig ditches and stuff to try to make it so the fire can't jump, jump across yeah. to get to the other side. Fire. It's break. like why did the fire cross the road? To burn, to, to burn trees side. on the other side. Yeah, yeah there we um, go. That uh, sounds way cooler than the version they had at NAB, <laughs> where they just scanned my badge and then sent me spam. Right. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> that's normal. That's like they normally call that lead retrieval, mm-hmm. which is like you just yeah. get your attendee information. And I'm sure every place I scanned, I'm sure they got my information. But this mm-hmm. is like a cooler way to get you to do it. And some of the rewards were also like, I mean, a look. But I think one of them was like a ten dollar coupon on the mm-hmm. PlayStation Store. Wow. Oh, it's, I'm sorry, not a coupon, a ten dollar voucher uh, on the PlayStation Store. Kind of the same thing, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. Coupon sounds like in context, right? I just want to make sure that that is. But I mean, that, like... d- that does make sense though, because if that data, like, they have no interest in selling that information to anyone else, really. Just Sony wants that, so that if you're sign up for emails, anything like that, they can target you. Right. Better. Well, also, but in, that's good for in, you because then you stop getting emails about shit you don't care about, and you get emails about shit you do care. And about. in order to get that, you connect your PSN account to it. So they also know uh-huh. what games you're interested in. You what know, you've what already you played. Right. So well, and also granted beta access for some games, themes, uh, some free games. Uh, I'm trying to look through here. It was. I mean, I thought it was really cool. I mean, you you say that they're targeting what you are interested in, but when you turn it into a game, then the game itself makes you do some of those things, and it's like, well, now you're just going to every booth. True, but if you've like gone to, you've learned more about Firewatch because this is a game that you didn't know about previously, it wouldn't have been on your radar, but now it is on your radar. If they send you communication about it, you at least know what they're talking about. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, they at least have some it's attachment. It's still step forward, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, I, I think everything else was... Was uh, I mean it was, it was all fun. I played Dead Star, which I had not heard of before. What's it was Dead Star? Cool. It's a game being developed by Armature Studios. They're here local. I think they're they're Austin based. It's kind of like a uh, it's a space game where you're just trying to capture control points. So it's like a grid of five hexagons. Yep, they're in Austin. Yeah, one team starts on one side, another team starts on another side with spaceships, and you have to take space stations. You meet in the middle. That sounds and then, really familiar. Yeah, you push the line back and forth. You know, trying mm-hmm. to take over space stations and conquer areas. It sounds like a space. game I've played, but. Uh, maybe was it based on like a board game of some kind? I don't know. It's it's hex based, so yeah. I mean maybe. Well, speaking of space, lots and of color let's, options. Let's just like put a pin in this. We can come back to it after PSX. But other space things, XCOM two and XCOM 2. new Homeworld game. Yeah, so that's right. That's XCOM but that, is, that uh, looks beautiful. Yeah, it was great. And they're they're local. So yep, I was they are. Yeah, uh, you guys want us to come visit? They're actually not far from us. <laughs> yeah, so that was neat. Uh, and of course, my favorite booth. I think I said this at uh, at last PSX. My favorite booth is always MLB the Show because they build a bar, and oh. then you can get beer at the bar on the show floor. That's dangerous, though. We're discovering that on uh, off topic. Like you have a bar, and people just walk on and get yeah. drinks. But, but it, it sucks because you're at a show, you're at an event, so it's like, oh. Do you want the eight dollar twelve ounce beer, or do you want the fourteen dollar twenty four ounce beer? It's like, well, either way, that's a fucking rip off. <laughs> it's like, all right, twenty four ounce. <laughs> yeah, I will say I keep wanting to get beers off of your set, but I haven't out of respect. But now oh. I know that nobody else respects you. I'm not going to either. No respect at all. All beers, all Fridays. Yeah. No, whenever it's set up, there's a well. We only had two this last time, but whatever. It kind of adds to <coughs> lens to the air that we were going for there. Yeah. I got a little something in your eye. No. Is it? Uh, that's a hair on your nose. Okay. That's it's, different than something right. in my eye. All right. It's gone. Ah. It's gone. You got it. 
It was just like a little, like you know, like a little, a little sleepy. It wasn't pink eye, was it? N- I don't think so. I think my kids got pink eye. Oh, oh dude, you wanna shake hold my hand on. Now? We'll be we'll be over here. <laughs> Are you sure you want to come over here? I'm talking a lot. Yeah, you you're really going the wrong direction there. You're trying to. <laughs> Okay, now I'm coughing for real. Um, Stuck between a cough and a pink eye. Did, you, did, did you all talk about uh, Sparrow Racing League? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What, what, what did we what Did, did we, you all talk about Sparrow Racing League last week? Um, we we did. We did a little bit, but mm-hmm. what we didn't talk about was that you can now pay, what is it, 30 bucks to just skip half the game? 25, I think. Oh. 30. 30, yeah. 30. So you can now pay. Oh, level 25. You right. can now yes. pay $30 to skip part of the game that you paid $60 for. Welcome to the future. Well, okay. So I, I think it's it's kind of silly, but I can I can see the use case for it at the same time. Like I I would never do it, especially at Destiny, because you can hit twenty five and like you're maybe saving yourself four or five hours worth of work. Um, but uh, if you had one character that you'd already played through all of the story. And you needed to level up an alt and just wanted to get it done. I could see doing that. And that's worth half of a retail game. I mean, level cap's currently forty, right? Uh yeah, uh, wait. Uh, don't I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it's forty. Uh, they well they keep bumping it up, and now there's uh with all the extra stuff you can get in hard mode. I think it's it's. Um, it appears to be yes, it's forty for mm-hmm. people with the Tekken King. There we go. Um, but I mean, and and there's something to be said for having <coughs> an alt that's playable because there's a lot of things in that game where you'll do all the the challenges for one character and just want to keep playing, but. There's less to do. Like, there's no reason to play. Mm-hmm. So if you got an alt, at least you can, oh, okay, well, I'll go do the bounties on my alt and, and get some more stuff. Because that's all the game is at this point, right? It's just get Getting stuff. stuff yeah. uh, so you can run the, the Nightfall twice. You can run the... Um, uh, like the raids more than once. So you're getting more playtime per week because a lot of those things are weekly based. Okay. Okay. Uh, that being said, if you're going to play Destiny that much... Just play the game and level up your alt. Yeah, then you like, probably take the long. four or five hours that you're talking about. Then is probably inconsequential in the grand scheme of things because that's yeah. more game you're talking yeah, about. Exactly, for. it goes really fast. So, uh, but you know, if you're lazy and you just want an alt, sure. The reactions that I've read online seem really mixed about it. Like people aren't totally up in arms or aren't aren't totally for it. Like it's it's a lot more divided than I would have expected. I thought people would have gone one way or another. Well, it's not. Because it's not pay to win or anything yeah. like that. It's like like no Brian said, whatsoever. if you spend four to five hours, which let's be honest, is not that much. Spend four to five hours and you're at the same place as someone who just spent thirty bucks. When you're talking about the world of microtransactions or like I really think of this as a macro transaction, but in any case, uh, that's not that's not a game breaker. That's not gonna no. do anything to anyone. It just means there are more high level players if people have a little bit too much money. So I can definitely see it, like it's an optional thing. No one's forced to do this. No one's forced to drop the money. I just think the people who do it are, I mean, really 30 bucks to save like four or five hours of a game that you're already paying for. Like for an alt, maybe, but 30 bucks, that's so much. Here's the thing too. I mean, max level means nothing in Destiny. Like once you hit that, it's, the game is all about the gear. So, and the gear is what takes you from 25 to 40. So you still have to work for all the stuff that actually matters. Uh, so yeah, I, there's like zero impact on the player base. It does you no good whatsoever. <laughs> like its power leveling is not going to affect the player balance in any way because. So I'm, I'm going to draw a mm-hmm. small comparison here. In the past, um, you know, some MMOs have introduced stuff like that, World, like of, Warcraft. World of Warcraft did, mm-hmm. where you could pay to get access to a max level character. Well, but and that's priced differently. Like the in World right. of Warcraft, that's you get it for you get it 
you're granted it for free with certain expansions, but it's also 60 bucks just to buy it, which, again, totally ridiculous. Well, that I'm a lot more against because um, in an MMO, in something more complicated like World of Warcraft, you have to spend all those levels learning how to play that character. Destiny's a lot more forgiving since it's controller-based. You know, There's not as many abilities. There's not as many buttons, not as many situational things. You can pick that up. Fairly quickly, mm-hmm. you know. You look at like a more complicated MMO. It's like you don't want to, you do not want to party with the guy who paid for the max level character, right? Because then you have some idiot Warcraft, running like, around yeah, and like, he's going to get your whole group killed, right? It's like okay, maybe if he's like a DPS, but you don't want that guy healing or tanking for your uh, for your for your party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you be you be like uh, like uh, yeah, we can let you into the group, but first we need to see your resume. What's your playtime? Yeah, <laughs> like is is can you see people's playtime? No, you can ask them, but I mean they can lie, but you can tell. I mean a lot of by gear, and it's the same thing with Destiny. It's like you you inspect them, you're like. Oh, you know, that's all scrub stuff. I just yeah. love the idea of being like, we need to see your resume before we can let you into our raid group. Well, let me I mean, take a look at you. In World of Warcraft, when I, was, when I was playing a lot. It was, yeah, turn around <laughs> slowly. Spin for me. Yeah. It, slowly. It, it was similar. It worked similar to, to, to Light in Destiny uh, because back then in World of Warcraft, you had your gear score. And every piece of gear contributed to your gear score. It's like, all right, well, we need a minimum gear score of 300 if you're going to come run this with us or 350. It's like, oh, you're just where you got like 240, like get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's a similar mechanic to, to gauge whether or not like someone has chops, kind of like their resume. And you can tell like in World of Warcraft, like, oh, that's, you know, that's a bind on pickup piece or that's a, that's a bind on use. Like, oh, you probably bought that in the auction house. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, it's, there's like a whole subculture about it. Well, I love. I just love this like max level snobbery coming out of Gus here. Yeah, well, one time I, you're I, max level, but you're not really max level. I had a one time years ago back in Vanilla WoW. I had a bind on use you weapon. Paid for it, I was born to. <laughs> I had a bind on use weapon that I bought in the auction house, and I got so much shit for it because people knew, like, oh, you bought that. Like, you didn't earn that. Like, you didn't get that as a drop. So you don't know what you're doing. It's like, no, I've played a lot. Just I really liked this weapon and I wanted it. And this is just a temporary until I get so a were, better one. Were you bullied into getting giving it up? No, fuck that. I used it. <laughs> it was a good staff. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, so I think it, it's two totally different things. But I think it's, yeah. it's a lot. It's a lot more acceptable well, than Destiny. One thing that I'm interested about too, though, is how much was Taken King? It was another full retail it was, like, price. It, right? Was it full retail? Or was it like forty five bucks? I, th- I want to say it was sixty. Uh, and then you could buy. Well, see, there was a lot of uproar because there was like four different versions. There was like an eighty dollar right. version that was. Uh, like a oh yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, Taking King, I think it was forty nine ninety nine. The original Destiny game sixty bucks, as well as the Dark Below twenty bucks, and House of Wolves twenty bucks. Uh, were an initial forty bucks to get the Taking King DLC. 40, so I think okay. it was forty standalone, but then it was like you're right, different versions. Yeah, uh, and they have really, I mean, the the direction they're taking now of moving away from the actual DLC sales to microtransaction with smaller drops. Well, I just love this because you're you're paying seventy five percent of that entire expansion to get to level twenty. Yeah, pretty much. Th- they're like, oh, you don't want to be charged for expansions? Now? Okay, then. Look, I'm fine with a lazy tax. I mean, if there's if that's all it is, is it's just a people who don't want to pay them or don't want to put the time in uh, getting somewhere <coughs> that doesn't affect me in any way for free or not for free for free in terms of time. Sure, whatever. Hey. If you want to have a special dance, I don't care. Like uh, the, all that stuff matters not at all to me, um, as long as it doesn't make it. So if, once you start being able to buy like a gun, then get out of here. I got. I don't want that in the game. But uh, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it's going to come. That's going to happen. I, well, it hasn't with GTA. GTA's been yes. subs- and the GTA just dropped a huge update. Uh, the executives and criminals, I believe it's called. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've not played it yet. Uh, G- 
Jeff bought the uh, – we, we haven't done anything with it yet. We're going to do a video pretty soon. But Jeff bought – with it comes three yachts that you can buy okay. for 6 7 or $8 million in-game, uh, which uh, you then can customize further. So you can even add, like, gold railings and, like, certain paint uh-huh. jobs. So final tally on, on the – the yacht that Jeff bought was like nine point seven five million dollars. <coughs> okay, which we did the math and comes out to about one hundred twenty bucks Damn. in U.S. dollars. Uh, but what you get the are you the, level twenty five though? That's the real question. Uh, which I don't know that Jeremy is. He's a little scrub. Uh, but uh, so all you get for that though is you get a, a yacht that you okay. can't drive. Like, it, it appears somewhere on the map. You can't drive it? You can't drive it. It appears somewhere on the map, and there's a list of places that you can move it on the map, but it costs you $25,000 to move it to one of the other locations. <coughs> that uh, somehow doesn't seem realistic. Uh, that's no, awesome. It, it just costs it you money. It's just like it's a white elephant. It's just a money sink. That's awesome. But you get to, there's some guest rooms in there. You get oh. uh, you get four. I think the version he got comes with four speed uh, jet skis, a like a speedboat. Two helipads, one which has a helicopter on it uh, all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, so you mean like a static helicopter or just a key no, with a helicopter? No, you can Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so your actual boat comes with a helicopter. helicopter. Yeah. That's not bad. That's I, not bad. That's like a two for extra one. for that. I two forget. for one, I like it. Uh, but again, you can't move the yacht itself. It's it's going to be at certain locations. But the uh, the other thing that was really cool about the drop is they added a whole bunch of new game modes that are based entirely around the idea of being a VIP, which requires that you have a million dollars in the bank to become like a boss. And then you can hire two other players to be kind of like salaried bodyguards. They get money and some other advantages to being near you, like their health regens faster and things like that. Do they lose money if you die? I don't think so. You got to give your employees incentives. <laughs> right. Boss I mean, 101. They, well, you can like fire if they, them. If they're, not, if they're not penalized for not protecting you, then what are they even doing? Right, they can fire, you can fire them. Like, kick them out. Like, yeah, back to the streets with you. Uh, but there's a bunch of different game modes that are based around that. So there are things where like, you could attack someone's yacht. Uh, you can, can have you like destroy game modes their are, yacht. I don't think you can sink it. Um. Now, Jeff did discover an option in the menu that is called yacht defenses, and you can turn those on or off. I have no idea what that does. I'm just like the idea of turrets. It's like I, your yacht's just got turrets. It didn't have any obvious yeah. turrets, but it had what looked like little flare launchers or something on the top of it that I've seen. So I'm curious to see what that does. We haven't really dug into it too much. Uh, but they added some new cars. Like there's a, a limo that has a minigun on top of it. Uh, nice. They've got a bunch of new armored vehicles. Um, none of them are as armored as the Karuma, the heist car. Yeah. But uh, the the new game modes look really cool. And they look like they're easier to do than the... They added a bunch of free mode game modes like Beast and things like that. But those are so hard to do a video in because mm-hmm. you they're random. You have to just wait for one of them to happen and then get to it. And then everybody has to get in that area and then start it. So, uh, and you never know if you'll get one that's interesting or not. Right. So these, all the game modes that came with the VIP thing, look like they're pretty interesting. We haven't gotten to do any of them yet, but I look forward to throwing some let's plays out in that. Hopefully, right. So. And how much did that update cost? <coughs> that update was free. So what you're telling me is that it's totally possible to do these huge ongoing updates to an online platform with the idea of keeping the player base loyal. Without charging people no. a ton of money? Here's how. here's what they do. This is where, see, again, GTA did it in a really interesting way, where their, their microtransaction is on the cash. Like, if you wanted to buy that yacht, maybe you don't have $8 million, but maybe you really wanted it. So you just go buy a little cash card. So, again, it's 
for 120 bucks though right for, yeah and they have various levels i mean it goes but is it like that's what the boat would cost well, yes yes yeah. yeah i mean and you can earn that money through just playing the game especially with heists there's you can make a lot of money doing the heists mm-hmm. it just takes in a time investment and uh, so if you want to save four to five hours exactly uh the yacht isn't really game breaking anyway. Like getting a million bucks uh, is is not that hard if you just run some heists with friends. So, uh, and that's where that's the only barrier to entry for like the VIP stuff uh, is one person has to have a million in the bank. Um, the the yacht stuff is is again that's everything they've introduced. I think is is add on cars. It's like well those are cool, but they've never added a car that was like faster than the Adder. Mm-hmm. Though some would argue like the Zentorno is a better car because it handles better and is fast, but. Uh, I love that this is an argument. Um, So according to um, Yumi Ferrari on Twitter, the yacht has um, AA guns and will fire if you fly in the kill zone. But they give you a heads up before they do that. Interesting. I look forward to playing with that. I was hoping it would have torpedoes or something. Um, Automated missiles to shoot down enemy and other players and air vehicles. That's from Mark Stanton 89. That's awesome. I wonder how it decides who's a a threat, though. Well, it sounds like there's like a zone that Mm -hmm. if something flies into it, they're like, get out. Otherwise, and then it shoots you down. Oh, that gives me a great idea. All right. <laughs> look, look for some less plays than that. <laughs> All right. Well, here, let me, let me read this. Uh, I want to remind everyone, this episode of The Patch is brought to you by Movement Watches. Should I read it like this? Hey, hold on. Watches. All right. Check them out. Uh, it's a little crowdfunded brand that's revolutionizing the watch game. Starting to get a lot of press from places like GQ, Playboy, Hypebeast. Uh, Askman said they are the hottest watch company on the market. They're all about this idea that high quality doesn't have to break the bank. Their quality crafted watch is starting at just $95. If you try to get a watch like this at a department store, you'd be spending at least four to 500 bucks. Uh, you can wear this thing at the office during the day, out to bars at night. Uh, it's new, it's sharp, and it's all day wear. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> so uh, we're, we're going to help you get your style on point. Check out movementwatches.com slash patch and that's mvmtwatches.com slash patch you see it right here mvmtwatches.com slash patch um and we're gonna help you get your style on point uh i just said that uh we're hooking you up 15 percent off your entire purchase that's movementwatches.com slash patch join the movement today 15 percent off an already super affordable watch why wouldn't you do it you know, I went through a phase for a long time where I was anti, like anti watch. I figured I've got my phone; that's what I use for a watch now. But then I started actually wearing a watch, and now it bothers me if I don't have something on my wrist. <laughs> yeah, I pe- feel like I'm missing something. People used to say that to me too, but it, it seems to me like reaching into your pocket, your phone's a lot more convenient than just like, all right, yeah, like that's it. Like mm-hmm. it's just there. Yeah, I, I like it. Anyway, I'm, I'm a big watch fan, so go check them out. I'm digging it. I've also figured out why, like, whenever you see a watch ad, they're always like this. It's because you can't be like this, or it's upside. It's upside down, man. So you got to be like people will think the time is wrong in the ad. <coughs> <laughs> they could just have put the watch upside down on their wrist. Yeah, oh. that's just super weird, though, right? Well, that's like Come the on. people that wear them like this. Who does that on the bottom side? Yeah, yeah, I don't like that. I've done that before, yeah, but tactical. With, um, I I used to do that like a long, long yeah. time ago. But when I started using computers a lot, just <clears throat> I couldn't rest. My wrist with that oh, on the bottom, yeah. so I had to change it. But why would you wear it that way? Because like I'm usually doing this more so than this. Oh, like it's okay. a whole. It depends. Are you like an elbow Audi person or an elbow innie person? Oh, I've never thought about that. I'm an yeah. Audi. Yeah, I'm. See, I'm naturally an elbow innie. No, because this feels more natural than this. 
Yeah, like when you when you lift your arm up to look at your hand, do you naturally look at the bottom of your hand? I or think the top I might be Amber Elephant. Elbow. <laughs> elephant. Amber Elephant. Amber so Elephant. Because I, I don't um, feel which one is worse. I just remember there were a couple more things I want to talk about yeah. at PSX that I forgot about. Um, so they showed. So it was an interesting show because they started the show, the keynote, with a couple of exclusives. Then it's a lot of like not exclusives or a lot of smaller games. Mm-hmm. Or it was a lot of like dates for games that we already knew about, stuff right. like that. Like, didn't they. Um, was it at PSX or did this come just a few days ago <coughs> that they announced the release date for Unravel? Um, that must have been, I think that, that was post PSX. I think that was because I, I don't remember seeing that there. But they led with Uncharted 4 footage, which was really cool because they showed now for the first time that Uncharted has February bra- <laughs> branching mm-hmm. dialogue. Uh-huh. Uh, they showed a, dial- uh, a conversation between How was that received? Nathan. Everyone, everyone just started cheering like crazy. Oh, and uh-huh. I was going to say about Sparrow Racing League earlier. The reason I brought it up was when they announced that, everyone started cheering like crazy really? there. At the really? People were really into that. Um, hmm. Anyway. Well, they only put two maps out, which. It was cool, and it's it's very. I will say about it's. There's only two maps that I've seen, and it's very catch up oriented. Mm-hmm. Like you can not be playing for half the game and still win. Mm. Um, so it's, yeah, Unch- Mar- it's Mario Kart, uh, Uncharted Four. People cheer. People went nuts for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, that's that's a really cool addition to the series. I think there's been a lot of people that are are kind of questioning whether that was necessary. I mean, it's it's a departure well, for the series. It's weird in that this is supposedly the final game the final uncharted game and now they're adding it yeah it seems like a weird feature to add at the end but um the, the i do like how they framed it here with this conversation in particular with the brother where you know he sees his brother after a long time then he's like oh i've got so much to tell you then the three options are are you gonna tell him about the story of uncharted one the story of uncharted two or the story of uncharted three <laughs> it's like kind of like and i hope that that plays out in the game it's like whichever story you tell about might be the one that was your favorite so maybe the game is more tailored to that that's my like Wishful thinking. Yeah, uh-huh. I would say that if there's branching dialogue, then it needs to have some kind of impact mm-hmm. on the game. If it doesn't, there's really not much point to it. Then it's like, uh, okay, that was really cool, but in the end, kind of meaningless. Mm-hmm. Um, but so- if, it, if it actually impacts the game, like tailors it or introduces new dialogue or questions somewhere along the line, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. Looking forward to it. Um, then the thing, and then after they were done with Uncharted 4, they went straight into Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh-huh. And they showed uh, combat and gameplay stuff for the first time there. <coughs> Did and, people also cheer when they said things like, by the way, we're going to sell it to you three times? <coughs> well, they didn't quite say that during the, the trailer. Like, that was like a little <laughs> after the fact. Like, what? The really? That's surprising. Yeah, it was like, everyone was like, yay! And then afterwards, it's like, wait, what? So I guess they're going to release it in parts they haven't said how many did they say three parts i think they said it's going to be episodic i seem to recall three parts but i could be hearing that yeah, wrong. i Let don't remember them really saying a specific number but yeah they have said they're gonna release it in episodes which really yeah i'm not terribly thrilled about they said that the size of the game would be too crazy if they tried to remake it now at this stage so it well all right i mean <coughs> i guess you gotta do a lot of environment work um so yeah, they're gonna. I mean, but but who knows? Uh, I'm still excited for it. But you know, you know. I mean, I've talked extensively about how I'm done with with playing episodic. episodic games as they come out. I'm gonna wait until it's totally done and played at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, mean, I thought the gameplay looked really cool. Uh, it's interesting they're going with you know their newer engine and their newer combat system as opposed to the more traditional uh, combat system that was in place with the Well, you gotta make it relevant. Okay, I might be off with the three. That might have just been an assumption on my part. I'm just finding multi-part series. Mm. So maybe more than three. 
It could be more than three. I'm going to try and find out where the three came from in my head really okay. quickly to find like find out what that. Do you, do you think that shows like a lack of faith in Final Fantasy VII, or at least a remake of it at this point? Because uh, it almost seems like a way to try and recoup some of the expenses of remaking it. Like, do you, it feels like they don't. They're not certain that they could get their money back if they just released it all in one <coughs> chunk. Maybe. I mean, I think they could get their money back. It might be an impatience thing, like just wanting to get start getting it out the door sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound like Square Enix, though. Where's Final or where's the Kingdom Hearts three? I ask. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But again, this is more like I, 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 I'm hesitant to say, but it's almost more like a Skunk Works project. It's something that they've not wanted to do for a long time. I think it's something that probably intimidates a lot of them. I think you know I've read interviews that a lot of people working on the game say that you know the original Final Fantasy VII is the reason they got into gaming. You know, how do you go back and touch that thing which was so influential on you know on yourself on a personal level? That seems like crazy daunting to me. Well, I, I guess it'll be an interesting kind of litmus test for if the game really held up by virtue of like an entirety of the visual look and the the dialogue slash kind of story to it, or if the story was really what everybody really attached to, and then the the visuals were something that you could easily modify mm-hmm. and not change the experience. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Peyton. Um, Peyton, just let me know that um, the original Final Fantasy VII was three discs, and that's probably what I'm thinking of. Oh, it I is. Have, I have heard it rumors that they're going to break it down by disc as well. So so it could be that maybe you read the same rumor or you saw that as well. Maybe. But, yeah, that's that's definitely where my brain is coming from. Thank you, Peyton. Was it really only three? I thought it was more than three. It's been so long. I, mean, I don't think I've played... I, I played, think I remember it being three. That sounds about right. I don't think I played Final Fantasy VII since like maybe ninety nine. It's been a while. Might have been the last wow. time I played it. It's yeah. been a while. So it'll be it'll be interesting to revisit it. And I've like, never played it, so I look forward to actually. I'm, I will. I think I'll give the remake a, a shot. Well, they Once have the, all out. the PC yeah. ports out on Steam right now, but I've heard very mixed things about that port. Well, because it's it's pretty much just that it's a port of an old game. Mm-hmm. If you want to experience it for the first time, not out of nostalgia, I'd say wait. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to wait for the the remake version, yeah. and maybe wait until it's finished remaking. I think yeah. at the time, you know, Final Fantasy's always had um, very much a very strong cult following. Not, I mean, and it's a, it's a sizable cult. You know, it's a lot of people <laughs> are really are really into that game. And I think at the time, Final Fantasy VII was it, it was the product of the perfect storm. You know, it was finally getting off a Nintendo platform, moving to PlayStation. It was you know no longer cartridge based. It was moving to discs, and we had you know some more like poly, you know that polygon aspect. It was like, like a totally new, fresh look for the game. Yeah, because Final Fantasy VI was definitely like classic. Yes, like th- I'd say like that still fell into like that very retro era. Just the, like the graphical. <laughs> hey, that was the latest I mean, thing at the time. Okay. I mean, I, I know that like the the definition of retro changes from person to person, but you can tell there's a generational shift between six and right. seven. And, and and to make it even more confusing, at the time in the U.S., six was marketed as three. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like so then that, that also helped. Or I think was it the other way around? And three was marketed as six. Final, was Final Fantasy Japanese Final Fantasy six? Was that three in the U.S.? Uh, yes. Let me look. She's double I think I think so, but uh, so, but regardless, there was a gap in the numbering, and I think that also yeah. kind of helped the game. And it was like this new thing; it was multi-disc, and I think a lot of that played into it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great game. I loved it at the time. I don't think it's like the perfect game. So I'm trying to temper your expectations. It's the short of it, right? Yeah, no, that's fine. I, mean, I, I go into it. I've yeah, I've played Final Fantasy games before. Like I played Final Fantasy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I played Final Fantasy X and then just a little bit of X2. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it lost me with the dress spheres. See, which is interesting because I, Final, mm-hmm. where Final Fantasy X2 lost me was a lot of like the 
girl power pop star bullshit uh-huh. story, but I love the dress sphere system uh-huh. in that it was just a really elaborate class system, and plus they looked cute. <laughs> uh, but I, I actually loved the dress sphere system, and I thought it was really um, interesting and awesome that they brought mm-hmm. that back for Final Fantasy XIII. Three? I don't think that was in Final Fantasy thirteen two. I think it was just in three. Uh-huh. And to to sort of see that mechanic come back, it's just it's a great class system. Uh-huh. You know, it's like you come through and you can like level everything up and it's a very visible like it's a visual way to tell who can do what at any given time. I see I almost want to go back and play ten again just to because I, I played it in college and it was one of those things where we were just me and a group of friends were kind of powering through it because we had to give the PlayStation back, like we didn't know. Right, it. yeah. Um and it was uh PS2, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was, in fact, um, I think Final Fantasy X might be the first big PS2 game that I ever really got into and played. I think that was my conversion from GameCube. Okay. I, I remember having a really in, uh, engaging story. The only problem with it, <laughs> like I've gone back and watched some of the cutscenes now, and my main problem is I can't get over the fact that Waka is John DiMaggio. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like every now and again, it's like, Bender? Yeah. Is that you? Yeah. I played through Final Fantasy X. That was that was my first that was my entry point into Final Fantasy games and I went from there backwards. Mm-hmm. So it remains one of my favorite. I played it three times and I played it like <coughs> like hundred percent completion every single time, like all the optional bosses, that's getting crazy, everyone crazy everyone's a long game. ultimate weapons. I'm pretty sure it was over a hundred hours yeah. for each playthrough. Wow. And I did it just so I could cry at the end every single <laughs> fucking time. I liked it so much that I played Final Fantasy ten to twice. Oh my god. Because <coughs> that was like you know the multiple ending one. You can get like the good ending, you can get the perfect ending. But to do that, you have to get 100% in the game, and there are all these optional teeny, tiny, hidden little things that you have to do throughout the game. And I started playing it just, like, to see, and then decided, no, I need a guide. I've got to get 100%. Yeah, well, I missed something, and, like, that first (laughs) five minutes before I got my brain on straight, I didn't kick a Moogle, and so I couldn't complete the game had to play through the whole thing over again oh brutal that's why they did it and i got my perfect ending yeah but now you just go look it up on youtube like oh i missed it perfect ending it's not the same i was gonna say you didn't get a you didn't get an achievement or a trophy but there weren't any back then no i had the emotional fulfillment okay she did it just for the feels okay well i guess depends on what you could have used that hundred hours for i actually just restarted so um i started playing undertale Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking because, of multiple endings, speaking of multiple yeah. endings, because I missed, um, I missed it for Game Club. Mm-hmm. I was actually, I was really excited that it was in the cylinder. Looking forward to playing it. I went away. I came back. You guys played a ton of games you got that robbed. were on my list of stuff that I really wanted to come up like that. Dust and Elysian Tale. So I'm just playing through it on my own. Also because um, Bernie's youngest, Teddy, was like, mm-hmm. Undertale's great. You should play it. And I was like, I'm going <laughs> to listen to the ten year old. He so, knows his games. Undertale. Uh, Undertale destroyed in the Game Facts best game ever for 2015. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know they do this every year. They like pit a bunch of popular games like, against each other, and, and it, it won. It won like best game ever 2015 edition. I keep thinking you're and saying Juan. I, I'm Juan. stuffed up and I'm Mexican. <laughs> I can't help it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's it, it 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 beat. I mean, I liked Undertale. It beat games that had no business beating. Well, there was a lot of hype for it. So, I mean, at first, you know, it came out not that long ago. It was in September. It was by far, I think, the most requested Game Club game we've had in really? months. Really? Wow. It, every every single video we put out, every Game Club episode, people saying you should play Undertale, you should play Undertale. And so, you know, 
it's it's worth it. It was when I started playing it. The fact that first of all, it's teeny tiny, and it it's the graphics are they're very primitive. Yeah, put me off a little at first. Yeah, but I I pushed through, and it was absolutely hundred percent worth it. Um, I mean, you know, you get over the fact that the main character looks like it just stepped out of The Simpsons, <laughs> and have an amazing time. The fact that I remember this. In this game, like the Carol you can choose whether or not you want to kill anything in the game. Uh-huh. So I had a problem, and that was the first time I was playing it through. Uh, I didn't, I couldn't figure out how to not kill Toriel. Oh, mm. I, I, I couldn't figure it out. I had kept trying to act; nothing was happening. The name wasn't turning yellow, so I couldn't spare her. And so I thought that there was no option on that one, and I killed her. And I felt like I was you just... You feel so bad. I was like, I was heartbroken the entire time. Mm-hmm. Like, like I don't understand, like, why? why? Like, everything is going great. Mm-hmm. I never killed anybody. She made I was pie. doing everything great. Like, mm-hmm. she was so nice. Why did she make me kill her? Was she trying to prove a point? I didn't know. <laughs> and so I got further in, and I was like, wait a minute. That little frog dude told me that you could spare some people while their names were white. Mother. So I started the game over. I was... It's not like mm-hmm. I was that far, and I think I was like... I think it was like four or five hours in at that point. So I only guess that's a sizable chunk. I'll just say I was four hours in. Yeah. Uh, so I went back through and deleted the save, reset it, started back through. Oh, my God. The fact that the game remembers things that you did, even if you mm-hmm. reset your save, mm-hmm. is heartbreaking. When she's like, why do you look like you've seen a ghost? Do you know something that I don't know? <laughs> just before the fight, I was like, no. And then you get to like right after that fight, I... I saved her. She's alive. She gave me a hug and sent me off into the world. I was so happy about it. And then I get to the flower and it's like, I know what you did. It's like, you murdered her and then you changed time. I was like, "Ah." I was like, like, it's not, I just, I couldn't figure out how. I was really sad. But I love the fact that you have those options and that they will drive the ending that you get. Mm-hmm. In fact, I just found out today that Meg was doing a full. Oh yeah, she's been oh, mur- she like, murdered. She's killing everything. Kill everything. I can't wait to see that. Ending. She was killing things. She didn't even I have didn't to kill. No, that's not an excuse. That doesn't hold up in court, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I love that that will give you different things, and you can't get the true pacifist good ending on your first playthrough. Oh, why? I think you can only get neutral on the first playthrough. You go through second time, and then you can get true pacifist. Okay. I think. That's what that's what I've heard. We'll see. So, I'll let you know when I get to the end. Oh, I'm going to... But it's oh, worth what? the additional playthroughs. Poor LaSalle. No. No one buys the PS Vita for any reason. It doesn't matter if they give you 10 and 10 too. It's just not worth it to own. Uh, um, I have fun with my Vita. But with I, haven't, what? I, I haven't played it in a while. I played uh, a lot of hell. Di- door open I played a lot of hell divers on it because it was okay. like crossplay between the Vita and the PS4. But so, still, that was that was fun. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to read to you the list of games that Undertale defeated in the Game Facts right. tournament to get to the top. First of all, it beat Mass Effect Three. Then it beat Fallout Three. Then it beat Super Mario World. Then it beat Pokemon Red Blue. Okay, wait a minute. So these were games just from all time, right? Okay, it's like best game ever, 2015. Edition. Gotcha. And then it advanced to the quarterfinals, where it beat Super Mario 64. In the semifinals, it beat Smash Brothers Melee. Then the finals, it beat Zelda Ocarina of Time. Wow. Ooh. I think people were voting for it just to see if they could make it win. and It worked. They did. It was like Twitch plays Game Facts. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's unbelievable that it got that far and, uh, and won. So, so that, it's a good game. I don't think it's the I best mean, game ever. That kind of tournament is 
a lot of times going to favor new games just because they're fresh in a lot of people's memory. Like, how many of the people voting have ever played Mario 64? That's fair. Well, you know, not a lot. Or, or Ocarina of Time, like a lot of that stuff. But Ocarina of Time did advance to the finals. It beat a bunch of other games to get there. That's true. That's true. But it also has the benefit of recently coming out on 3DS. So, again, it's more recent in people's mm-hmm. minds and people, in fact, have, if anything, a more favorable impression of it because it updated the graphics, it added some new stuff. What's the other you said? You said Mario 64? Yep, Super Mario 64. Mario 64 beat Mario Kart 8, Final Fantasy Tactics, Zelda Twilight Princess. It beat Skyrim. Uh, it beat Skyrim? It beat, and then it lost to Undertale, yeah. Okay, wow. So I, 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 I can see your argument, but I think yeah. that there is some fluidity in there. Oh, sure. There's always going to be there's, – there's, there are no absolutes in a tournament like this, guys. Yeah. Speaking of beating Just Skyrim, maybe I should really go beat Skyrim someday. <laughs> I think I have 120 hours in that game. I've never beaten it. That's because like, sometimes you just don't want to get to the end because then it's over. <laughs> or sometimes you just put off doing the main story quest so long that anything you run into is now just like, oh, yeah, whatever. Get out of my way. Yeah. Uh, dragon? Yeah, whatever. Bye, Dragon. Um, uh, so we're, we're almost out of time. I can't believe we, we talked well, so long. We have one stuff. big thing that we should talk about before oh, we wrap shit. up. Yeah. It's a big thing. We've been talking about it forever. Kojima's free. Kojima is free. As of uh, earlier this week, as of December 15th. As of, so I think it, um, well, yeah, so yesterday is when that started, like the talk started happening that like he's free, he's doing his own thing. And they were saying he might do something with Sony and overnight they confirmed it. So they're talking with him. He's creating a new studio. Guess what it's called? Jokima Productions? Fred Productions. No, go go closer. Like, what's... Kojima Productions? There we there go. We go. <laughs> so it's like, it's the same name. They're bringing over, like, a lot of the same staff. Yeah. It's Can basically just... That? Interesting. Well, I mean, if... They changed Konami... their logo. Well, the, I mean, but still, the I assume Kojima Productions is still a trademark, right? I Belonging don't know, because Sony? Konami changed Konami. the name of that studio yeah. to... Um, Konami LA and then did they shut it down they shut or it down. then yeah. they shut it down his so, name is Kojima so I think he, he can name I it after himself in the paper rock scissors legal battle that's going to ensue he wins yeah so um, he's now working on a PlayStation 4 exclusive title that will eventually go to PC yep uh, but what that is meh I guess I really like the new studio logo like the logo that they came up with and oh, what's ex- it look like now he explained that it's supposed to look like uh, a skull inside of a knight's helmet, but the helmet is also like an astronaut space helmet. All right. Can you all pull up the new Kojima Productions logo if you can? Uh, I think it's I think it's really cool. They've got shirts I really want. One of those mm-hmm. Kojima Productions shirts. So I like I liked it so much. Oh, yeah, I cool went logo. to their website just to see if I could buy it, and it says store coming soon. I wonder where he's going to pull funding. I assume that he'll just get private investors. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder how long if he will link up with another big uh, like producer or. All right, just send it to you, Peyton. Yeah, because uh, Sony has said that he's Kojima Productions is an independent studio. It's uh-huh. not a, a first party Sony studio, so he's secured funding somehow. So. Oh, that oh is never awesome. mind. He got to yeah, I think that, even. that, that uh, logo is really cool. I mean, <laughs> that's he spent uh, Metal Gear Gear Solid Five was fifty million what somewhere was? there. It was supposed to be between fifty and sixty million. Yeah, I mean, it was it was up there. I mean, that's a lot of scratch to pull together for a first-time Crowd studio. Crowdfunding question mark. Crowdfunding what? I mean, yeah, unless you're Star Citizen, you're going to get... Which passed $100 million. Which passed $100 million. Well, yeah, but they've been collecting funds for now for I think, four years. I think Kojima has enough goodwill, and people have been Dude, so uh, 
up in the air wanting to know what's going to happen. I bet that if he launched uh, like a crowdfunding Kickstarter and didn't say anything other than help us make a game, I bet it would be huge. It's true. I mean, look at like, look at how much the, okay, so it's, you know, it's not 50 to 60 million, but like Shenmue had, like there hasn't been a Shenmue game in a really long time, but that one broke records. Imagine if Kojima just went on and said, I want to make a game. I want to make the game that I want to make with no (laughs) restrictions. Help me. People would jump on Well, here's the thing though. He, whatever it is, it can't be Metal Gear. Because that, nope. that, that still belong, belong, belongs to Konami. So. It, it also yeah, won't be yeah. Zone of the Yeah, there you go. <laughs> won't be Zone of the Enders. Won't be oh, darn. Boktai. All right. So, crowdfund. He goes to crowdfund. What do you think he raises? Uh, I bet he could do 10 million easy. 10? Ashley, what do you think? Um, I think he could do, I mean, 10 would be easy. Like, easy. Well, uh, well oh, okay. like in comparison, um, I could say he could do, if he pushed it, like fifteen to twenty would yeah, not I be. Think, I, 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 I don't think, think in thirty days. I think that would yeah. be that. Like they wouldn't hit it in thirty days. But if you just had like a, you know, like a longer term mm-hmm. crowdfunding thing, could totally make that. And I'm saying ten was just like I'm going to make a game. No art. No nothing. nothing. He yeah. comes to the table with nothing other than his name, saying yeah. I'm going to make a with game. rewards that are like you'll get the game and a soundtrack, or you'll get the game and a book or stuff like that. I mean, the the really big caveat with this kind of funding campaign would be by the way just understand right now you're not getting it for five years right yeah i mean he's got nothing at this point he's got no engine he's got i mean if he's got a concept great but he i, I doubt he has concept but you, but, yeah, you can I mean, always license an engine he doesn't need to build true. an engine from scratch it's true but and it's, there's not i mean there's no saying that he doesn't have ideas <clears throat> he's been wanting to do something besides metal gear for a very very long time so i'm sure he's got some ideas <coughs> stored up in evolved. his head well, I mean, beyond an idea, though, like an idea is great for pitching things to a business. Mm-hmm. But uh, if he started a production studio, uh, either he's got an entire basically just hired an art department to start cranking out. I think he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of the same people. Well, he's got to have them doing something. I mean, they got to start making assets. They got to start making an engine. I mean, uh, all those people don't work for free. Right. So he's going to have to turn some kind of profit or get some kind of major investment real soon. Yeah. And I wonder if we'll hear what it is. Who knows? Maybe well, not. I mean, you don't always hear the investments behind studios. Like, who's investing true. money? So we may never know. We may never hear about it. Though it sounds like, I mean, maybe Sony because they've sure already tied down the exclusive. Right. So they, he's got to have gotten some money from an exclusivity. Yeah. Right. I mean, generally there is like that's how that's determined is like they'll pay you for exclusivity. So just it's what that amount is that's to be determined. All right. Well, we're at time. The hourglass is going away. So I want to thank everyone for watching. Uh, Stay tuned for Game Club. We'll see you guys next week. Let's talk about some fuzz. Bye. That's the second time I got crabs. Oh, (laughs) it makes a lot of sense now. Now, did you crack them with the... Oh. Hmm. Uh, Welcome to the Game Club. Uh, This is actually, again, this is our second, like, two-person Game Club in a row. I'm excited. This is, like, Uh, like two-person Game Club. Thank you. Uh Thank you. It's good to be back. You guys had... A monster run of Game Club games while I was gone. Like, all games that I really wanted to come mm-hmm. up so we could play. Undertale, <laughs> Dust and Elysian Tale, and, like, I missed all of them. So, really happy I was back in time to at least play Fez, uh, which is the Game Club game that we're going to talk about Now, right had now. you played it before this? I had not. Okay. Fez is one of those games that I meant to play, and then the whole thing... With Phil Fish sort of going off the deep end and shouting at everybody happened, and I decided not to play it because he sounded like a pretentious dick bag, and it probably wasn't a good game anyway. Um, turns out it's actually a really great <laughs> game, and I like it a lot. But and and that didn't spoil it for you that there was an under. Well, at this point, he's he's so divorced from the game in terms of 
I mean, he's he said he's done with it, so it's real easy to just go, all right, well, this is a game, and whoever made it. Uh, but, hey, it's a platformer, so I can understand why Gus wasn't that interested. i got to be honest. I can recognize that this was an amazing game, and it still just didn't really capture my attention. Oh, yeah? What, like, what was it lacking, do you feel? You know, it's hard for me to put my finger on. It felt very, it, like, it, it, it gave me some very strong nostalgia from just, like, the old-school platformer-type things. Uh, sort of like a la Super Mario Brothers, but it had such a cool twist of the the rotating environment and the all the the in depth kind of like puzzle type stuff. But for some reason, it just didn't didn't really capture me. I don't know, and I I think it's not the game's fault. I think there's still too many games that I'm trying to play that I would rather be playing that uh, make it a very difficult environment for another game to enter right now. Like, what other games are you trying to play right now? Like, I'm still trying to finish Tomb Raider, Fallout 4, uh, I still have, I've gotten all the way through to the end, but haven't finished the epilogue of StarCraft 2. Um, so, amidst all that stuff, just a, a very simple, well, a, a smart, but, uh, gameplay-wise, kind of simple platformer just wasn't holding my attention. So, you don't feel like it's bad, it just... Doesn't quite stack up to some of the triple A's that you're trying to get through. It wasn't scratching the itch that I have right now. Gotcha. I can see it scratching itch that I'll have in the future, though. Yeah, I. For me, I went into it. I wasn't a hundred percent sure what it was. Mm-hmm. I'd seen uh, some footage of the game before, mm-hmm. but when you play something as opposed to when you see it, like that, it really changes the way you feel about it or the way you perceive it. I guess I knew that you rotated for um, for perspective, and I was like, oh, it's like Elo Milo. Mm-hmm. It's easy it's just like that job done don't need to play it but um i actually really really liked the the force perspective and the way you could navigate levels and shortcut things just by changing the way you saw the level from a programming standpoint alone really impressive i Mm -hmm. kept finding myself switching something and being like man the programmer deserves some serious credit here because they had to get it they i mean they had to have some some crazy like object physics going on in there, right? Uh, it's funny because I pl- as I played the game, just the quote from Star Trek 2 kept playing over and over in my head. What's mm, that? Evidence of two-dimensional thinking. Because that's what it feels like. It's like <laughs> you you, you got to think in that third dimension. Like, I mean, things... Uh, and again, I, I as much as it didn't capture my attention, I recognize what an achievement the game was. Because, yeah, exactly what you're talking about. Things like having vines on different parts of a building, but when you rotate it so that it appears in 2D, it becomes a contiguous line. Uh, so you can climb up that way. Yeah, and for actually, for those who have not played the game themselves, what the way this game works is you're a two-dimensional object, but you're sort of working in a three-dimensional space. So there are... You can rotate four different directions in, for four different perspectives. Everything is very cube based or like square Mm -hmm. so you can rotate it around and the way you actually navigate the levels is based on the what you're actually looking at so like like we were saying with the vines let's say there are some vines over here and there's another level of vines up the next way over if you rotate it around so they line up and from the side look like they go together, mm-hmm. then they go together, and you can navigate them. It's almost like he took the idea of a Rubik's Cube and made it a video game. Like, something about the just reorienting things to line up puzzles uh, is how it felt to me. And, uh, the I mean, it, it had a cute little kind of sense of humor to it. I love the little Tesseract guy that follows you around. Uh, that's It was a good game for Eli to sit in my lap and play, because he kept going 
get more snap cubes. And I have no idea what a snap cube is, but you just more snap cubes, more snap cubes, daddy. Snap like, cubes, hmm, snap cubes. It's are a thing. It's got to be something. Cubit? Are those the cubits? Are those anti cubes? Uh, the yellow ones, the regular cubes, the cubits, little tiny the, ones, the, the smaller the ones. Well, he didn't care. Anything that was a square to him was a snap cube, and Anything he wanted they... me to get them all. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, the technologically the design of the game is is just pretty spot on. I mean, as games go. Yeah, I the I feel like the the art direction is really awesome. Mm-hmm. The sound design is great. Like the, the like the soundtrack, everything. Uh-huh. I didn't have. Any real glitches to speak of. Mm-hmm. It ever, it worked flawlessly. For, I mean, really, like, this game is an achievement. There's not a lot of games that can say that. To be fair, it has been out for a while, and I don't know if it's been patched, you know, yeah. a, a couple of times to fix some of those issues. But what I played was flawless, which, again, for today's games, I have to really appreciate. That's a, that's a big goal. And you, you went up to what? How, what was your final completion? I finished 209%, which I didn't mm-hmm. even know was a thing until... I finished the game the first time, and it, I was like at a hundred and some odd percent. <laughs> because the the goal of the game is to collect thirty two cubes, right? full cubes, which full cubes. typically you're collecting eighth of a cube, right? Yeah. So you um, you're mostly collecting these cubits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, I think they're they're it's eight or nine. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's mm-hmm. eight. And eight of them make a full cube, and so then you want to try and collect 32 full cubes. Sometimes you find a full cube, but that's few and far between. But then there are also these things called anti-cubes, which is you get for solving hidden puzzles. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and so I got a couple of those, and I got uh, the full complement of... Not, not the full complement, but I got a whole bunch of cubes. So I had more than 32 total cubes to finish the game. But once you finish the game, then you have a new game plus. Mm-hmm. And the new game plus, you start out with all the cubes and cubits and everything that you had. But then you also get access to uh, first-person view mode. Mm-hmm. And that lets you get a whole bunch more of the hidden ones in particular because there'll be, there'll be codes or something hidden on the ground or on a wall that you can't really see unless you have that perspective because it's hidden from you otherwise Uh just the way the game is designed so it's almost like it's designed so you can't complete the game in one go Mm -hmm. you have to finish it and then you can complete it which and the the anti-cubes don't do anything really right they're just a challenge to get yeah they're just an additional (coughs) collectible so you can get you get like there's a steam achievement for getting Mm -hmm. all of everything but you don't need them all you need is 32 total in order Mm -hmm. to complete the game it seems like the at least from the the one the parts as far as I played, which was uh, I think I was fifty sixty percent complete. Um, it seemed like the the regular cubits were very physical, uh, like platforming based, challenging, and the anti cubes were more of a mental based challenge. Like I, the couple I ran into, there was like the uh, the one where you have to do some astronomy sort of to to get it, and then the uh, the one that was just a QR code, which I thought was kind of cool, where I had to actually I was like. Do I still have an app on my phone that'll do QR codes? And that took me a minute to look it I up. I did download then, one. Uh, it turns out, yeah, I did too. But it because I Google Goggles does it. But I thought I had it and I didn't. Google Goggles. Google Goggles. Yeah. Oh, is that just like a native Android app? Uh, you might even be able to get it on Apple. I don't know, but it basically it, it does a lot of things like QR codes. It'll 
Uh, just you can like hold it up and take a picture of a painting, and it will tell you all about the painting. Oh, that's pretty cool. It just scans whatever you take a picture of and tries to give you results on it. I think that's what Microsoft uh, Surface, like the original mm-hmm. Surface tablets, like you know the old, like the big big tables. Uh-huh. I think that's what they initially wanted oh, to do. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like you can put a cup down, and it will tell you what's in it. Yeah, that never happened. That's the future, all right? It's still coming, okay? <laughs> um, it turns out, though, that like I was curious about that QR code one, because what do you do? Can you not complete the game if you don't have a QR code reader? And it turns out there's another room uh-huh. with another owl, I think it is, in like that's somewhere else in the world that has like a manual version of that if you don't oh. have a QR reader. So okay. you can complete the game, but you're right. There's a bunch of different puzzles, I think, for the anti-cubes, whether it's lining stuff up to make a specific shape or playing music or mm-hmm. doing a whole bunch of different things that are all much more puzzle-based as opposed to physical-based. Right. It's the mental challenge to the physical challenge of the regular qubits. Yeah, so overall, I liked the game. I actually spent way more time playing it than it says anyone needs to. I think I have, like... <laughs> I've decided that how long to beat, I need to take how long to beat Fez. Um, how long to beat is not an accurate indicator of how long a game takes for me. I uh-huh. must play games hella slow. So according to this, completionists might take uh, 11 to 12 hours. What's my playtime in Fez? Let's look at this. Let's look up Fez. My playtime is 14 hours. So, and you're at 209. What's a, what is 100%? Really 100% complete. Is it like 300%? No, 209%. I got all of the collectibles. So there are four four different artifacts. There are nine treasure maps that, because they're, you know, the hidden, the total invisible blocks. Did you encounter those? Yeah. Not the ones that are invisible except for the lightning, but ones that are completely invisible. No, maybe I didn't see those. Yeah, there's a couple of platforms, and this is where, if you ever see those treasure chests that are just too far away to even Uh begin to get, you have no idea what to do. There's an invisible platform somewhere. So, you have to find a treasure map, and it it won't tell you what level it's for. You just have to figure out what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And then you can do, it's like there'll be one here, one above it, one above it, and then one to the right. And then you just have to take it on faith that those work, jump out, and then you find them. Totally Indiana Jones it. Got it. Yeah, but as far as you can see, you're staring, you're (laughs) you're just standing in the air. That's it. All there is to it. Well, they play around with a lot of that idea, the invisible except for. Yeah, but mm-hmm. this is just invisible. Just good luck. Totally. Leap of faith it. Well, and there's uh, that. that's another good thing about the game is there's really no penalty for missing. If you fall down and, and go boom, then you just spawn back on the platform you jumped off of. So Yeah, and which I like. I like that the game doesn't penalize you for trying mm-hmm. or for like taking that leap just to see. The only thing that... That really aggravated me about the game, and this was the part that was made intentionally to be really, really angrifying. Is did you go into the sewers at all? Uh, I don't know. There's so many different places I went. Like I was in air castles. I was in jungles. Uh, I was in some things that looked brick. They could be considered sewers. Was it like greenish? Maybe like not. Really, like Maybe I didn't. It was actually cool. You. It reminded me very. It was like a. A straight up shout out to homage to to Mario, uh-huh. where you go to the top of, like you go through a like a windmill thing, and there's this industrial area. You get to the top, and there's like these green. It's like a green brick pipe, uh-huh. and you just like sink down into oh, it, and then you end cool. up in the sewer. Uh-huh. And it's this whole area. You go through that, and uh, there's then like this red sulfuric sewer area. I, I don't know. 
Uh, and it's got one of those, you know those time puzzles where you have to like go through and you have to platform a thing perfectly because there's lava coming at you? Yeah. It was one of those. Oh, okay. And it was mostly totally fine, except there's this one part where, you know those rotating platforms? There are these platforms in the game that will rotate mm-hmm. clockwise every so often. Mm-hmm. And you can change perspective so they you they appear one of two ways one either if you're looking at them from the side it's a cube and then it becomes a tall cube and you have mm-hmm. to jump up and then you can be on the tall part if you look at it from the other perspective it's a wide box and then it rotates clockwise and becomes a tall box uh-huh. and depending on which way you look at it that it impacts how you move when it rotates uh-huh. Because if you ha- are looking at it from the wide part, then when it rotates, it tends to chuck you off to the side as you're jumping up. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing that with a whole bunch of lava coming at you, <laughs> and you have to navigate like six of those perfectly, it's fucking awful. It's so bad. It's so bad. I will say that if there's anything I didn't like about the game in terms of its movement ability is that the, the jumping didn't feel as tight as, as Super Mario Brothers. It was definitely more forgiving, I think, than a lot of platformers mm-hmm. because I could do it. Well, I don't know. It, it felt like you didn't have as much. <laughs> wow. I'm That's kidding. your classification. It's like, I could play it. So Yeah, look, I'm, <clears throat> I'm not good at platformers. This uh-huh. is something that I've been playing platformers for like 20 five years now uh-huh. I mean, like Mario was my first game uh-huh. I've never got good at them there's really I mean it feels like there's a two or three different main classifications of how platform jumping goes there's the type of platformer jumper where you have very good in air control uh, there's a type of platformer jumper where you just have very good control over the like how high your initial jump is and there's a type of platformer where you have a secondary third modified jump like a double jump or okay. a jetpack. And uh, this one really falls into that you, know, you just can control how hard you jump. Like the the in-air control did not feel good to me. Not that you mean like you couldn't really reverse direction if you mm-hmm. needed to and pull back. Uh, if you were, you were pretty much committed to jumping as far as you said you were going to jump, you can pull it back just a little, but not as much yeah. as a Super Mario Brothers. I'd agree with that. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was um, I just appreciated that I'm not good at – that final pixel, you know, when you have to get to the very, very edge of the ledge to mm-hmm. the point where you're going to fall off if you go one pixel over, and <clears> then <throat> you jump. I'm not great at that. Uh-huh. I have almost, pre- like, predictive button pressing, where it's like, I get close, and I'm like, yep, good, and then I jump <laughs> off, and then I don't make the, I don't make the, other, uh, the other edge. So I liked that it was more forgiving like that. But the fact that he would sometimes grab onto things uh-huh. and then take for fucking ever to pull himself <laughs> up, especially if you're on, like, a timing puzzle or something like mm-hmm. that, really aggravating. But that's, you know, that's fine. That's me. Yeah. Um, there was something else that I want to talk about this game. And I'm going to remember what it is in three, two, one. That's more seconds. Having a hard time. They're still going. Uh, let's see. The world design, really good. Lots of different areas. Enjoyed that a whole bunch. I just really liked the game. Did you know if you beat it a second time, you can unlock a 3D, like a stereoscopic mode? How do you beat it a second time? You said you got No, the- oh, oh, oh. So uh, you get the 32 cubes, yeah. and that's how you beat it the first time. If you get all 64, mm-hmm. then it will unlock a stereoscopic mode so you can like play with 3D glasses. Interesting. Well, I mean, can you actually look around, or is it... Uh- I don't have 3D glasses, Ryan. I don't know. I'm just telling you things that you can do. Oh, all right. Well, that are really cool. Yeah, I'll look it up. But there's uh, another thing, too. I And I haven't tried this because I 
personally don't give a shit. I'm not going to go to all this effort. Uh But there are uh, people decompiling the game's code because Philfish hid another puzzle in, like, the game itself. Interesting. Yeah. Just for funsies? The dude really loves the puzzles. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to talk about, is the fact that this is the first game in probably years where I felt like I need a notebook to take down notes while I play it. Because the dude invented an alphabet and a new number system. It's a base four numbering system, first Mm -hmm. of all. Well, sort of. It's it's like this series of glyphs. It's all cube-based or square-based, which, you know box-based it's a box-based lettering system and so there are all these hints all hidden throughout the game Uh right which will tell you hint stones yeah yeah now i'm a sucker i looked up what the alphabet was there is one place in the game where you can find out what all the letters mean without going to the internet and looking that shit up like rosetta stone or yeah it's um the room is a fit in informally known as the rosetta stone room Mm -hmm. because you go in and it's this big purple monolith with a whole bunch of those shapes on it. You know what the only hint is that it means something specific? There is a lazy dog laying on the ground, and there is a quick brown fox jumping over it. Are you familiar, are you oh, familiar yeah, yeah, with the phrase, the, the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog? That's what they use for fonts, because it right, has every letter it in the alphabet. Every letter. That's the only indication that that means something. Wow. And you're supposed to use it, but it gets even harder, because guess what the lettering system does? It goes... Top to bottom, right to left. Sure, why wouldn't it? So that's how you find out what that is. And there's a there's elsewhere in the game. There's classrooms that'll teach you the numbering system in mm-hmm. a similarly super vague way. I'm so glad I didn't mess with that. My 14 hours or whatever would be like a billion hours <laughs> if I had tried to do that myself. I would never have found it. I mean, it's I, again. I got my hats off to the the, the game. It is very uh, puzzle intensive. It's very very good at what it is. Uh, I, I wish that it resonated more with me at the time. I'll, I'm going to revisit it at some point and see if it really it draws me back in. Once I get past all this other nonsense I'm playing. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I liked it more than I expected. I would take a sequel if you ever felt like making one. But I also feel like the game stands perfectly well on its own. We don't need one. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a perfectly valid statement. Like, uh, we always kind of expect it's so, like if something's successful that it just has to have one. But there's nothing wrong with making one good and leaving. <clears throat> the Matrix should have stopped at one. It didn't? Yes, if that's the world you're living in, yes, it stopped at one. That was a great movie. That was a great movie. I would take some sequels if they decided to do some Matrix sequels. Maybe J.J. Uh, Abrams will get around to that someday. He does good work, too. Yeah. All right, should we find out what our next game is? Let's do it. Aha! So look, hey, the wheel. Let's do this together. Okay, you're gonna put it right here. Okay, and we're gonna go. Well, I feel like we're missing an opportunity here. We just kind of like. All right. There you go. Let's find out we're playing. Ah, this is my suggestion. We're playing Guacamelee. Guacamelee. Love this game. Have you played this? Uh, I have never played it. I've seen. I saw Ray play it back when it was first coming out. So, um, for those who uh, are not familiar with the game, it's um, it's another Mm side-scrolling puzzle platformer. So we're staying in theme here. Kind of combat though, as well. Yes, it's Mm -hmm. got combat as well, and it's it's like luchador themed. Right. And everything's really cartoonish and crazy colored, and it's also. a really great couch co-op game. You can have two players. You can just like one person like drop in, drop out, mm-hmm. and one person plays. Her name is Tostada. Tostada. Yes. She's a spicy tamale. 
No, she's a tostada. Come on. Oh, she's actually a tostada. <laughs> no, she's like a dead lady. I don't know. It's a great game, though. She's a. She doesn't sound that that hot anymore. If she's dead, she uh, sounds she's, room temperature. Look, she makes the bandages look good. Huh? All right. Um, but I'll yeah, try the, it. the first thing that happens in this game, spoiler, is you die. Uh, you I, that know, was supposed to be a lot more cool. Some of the best games start that way. Um, yeah. So it's. Uh, oh, I can catch this. There I can we go. Do it. Uh, so that's what we'll play. Um, we'll talk about next week. All right. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Bye.